Well, hello. Um, I think I've been putting this off, which is a little bit hilarious. Welcome. My name's Kathleen Beveridge, and this is the first episode of This Insecure Life. Uh, eventually, I will have some intro music and some extra music. <laughs> um, but for now, I'm going to try and get over the fact that it won't be perfect and just dive right in. So, this is going to be a podcast to explore insecurities, um, my insecurities, your insecurities, the world's insecurities, and that can be a range. Like I said, maybe it's me and I'm freaking out about something in my life, like starting a podcast, and don't know how to just fucking get it done. Um, Or it could be something bigger. So many people, including myself, struggle with uh, insecurity of where is my next paycheck coming from? What's going on? Um, And those are some bigger issues to discuss. I'm not an expert on anything, including my own experience. So we're just going to roll with it. A little bit background about me, Um, I turned 30 almost six months ago and everyone told me it was going to be this fucking fabulous decade and, you know, life happens. Um, I came back from a trip I had planned that didn't, was amazing in some ways, I fell in love with a new city and also... Um, broke me in a lot of ways. So that was great. Uh, A week after I got back, I was laid off from my job, uh, restructuring and new CEOs and just changes within the industry. Um, I was pretty gung-ho and thought, you know, within a month, month and a half, I would be working again. And I haven't. So that's you know, rough overview of what's been going on with me and sort of the push to do something that I probably needed. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher and I've been teaching for five and a half years. Uh, Hot yoga, prenatal, postnatal, yoga for seniors. I teach on the water sometimes and I really fucking love it. I also have a background in literature and by that I mean my undergraduate degree was in English literature and classics and I fucking love books and I love dissecting words and I love clothes reading and overanalyzing and overthinking and it's a really good thing for me to do things practically like that so that I don't do them in my everyday life. Um, I also love social media and community building and communications. And whenever I say that I'm in communications, I just get a funny look and I know it's a really vague term and it definitely is. Um, What I mean when I say communications is how the world operates, which is vague, but I truly believe that we can all communicate with each other and it really just depends on who 
who it is you're communicating with. And the who can be a singular who or a plural who. So your audience is so important and culture is so important and human experience is so important and it all factors in. So these filters we have, I think sometimes get overlooked in the communications we're making. And that's where I like to come in. Um, it's not always perfect and I'm still learning, but it's what I love doing. And I think when you have clear communications, you can build proper relationships. And from those, you know, solid foundation relationships, you can build functional, beautiful communities. And beauty doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. It's not perfect. In fact, that's sort of the beauty of beauty is that the things that are typically most beautiful about someone or something are in those imperfections. Um, because if they weren't there, it's just sort of a vapid object. And the world and humans are so much more than that. Um, I love cats. <laughs> that is something still pretty new to me, I want to say, even though it's been some, some years now. Um, but I didn't love cats growing up. Although we did have a random tabby cat that our family took care of in our backyard. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm not sure where he or she went. But for a couple years, or at least a season, it feels like longer when you're a child, um, there was one. But I was definitely always more of a dog person. Uh, we didn't have pets growing up. <laughs> But I have one gorgeous tabby now. Her name's Bobbin, um, and I can—I'll probably—I'll probably dive into some cat talk in future episodes, and just the insecurity that comes with being a pet parent or loving a creature that doesn't necessarily always have the ability to communicate back with you. Uh, that being said, uh, most animals are pretty rad to me. If I'm not super into them, I just stay away. <laughs> as I try to do with things that just don't jive with my energy in general. Um, I also love to write and um, I have a few works in progress that some people know about and most people don't and um, in an effort to be more vulnerable, which is one of the things I've been trying the last eight months or so with a group of really fantastic human beings I've come into contact with thanks to some other podcasts. Um, it's been a journey and that is it. I totally lost my train of thought. I'm not really sure what I said. That's probably going to happen a couple times. I go on tangents. You're just going to have to roll with it. All right. If you want to know more about me, you totally can always ask, tweet, email, um, find me on Instagram. I'm happy to expand and yeah, this is this insecure life. So we're going to break it down. We're going to go back to the dictionary definition because I think insecure and insecurity has been a growing word um, with people becoming more self-aware or trying to explore themselves 
or nail down what is actually going on. Um, so dictionary definition, uh, it's an ad adjective. And it, the first one is of a person not confident or assured, uncertain and anxious. Which is sort of what my idea around this started as. 100% going to be about how my insecurity has impacted my life a lot in a negative way, um, pulling me down, harshing my vibe, low frequency, all that um, energetic talk that maybe you're into, maybe you're not. Um, but yeah, so synonyms are unconfident, uncertain, unsure, doubtful, hesitant, self-conscious, unassertive, diffident, unforthcoming, shy, timid, inhibited, introverted, which I'm not sure about introverted, but cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, all of those resonate with me in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't, I don't want to be doubtful anymore. I don't want to be hesitant or self-conscious or unassertive. Uh, at one point in time in my life, I wasn't insecure. I mean, they're always there, but um, I have had some like big changes, as we all do, and I can't necessarily pinpoint moments where the flip turned on and off, um, but I was a really fucking self-assured child for a very long time, and then a flip switched. And I wasn't, but it was still there. I was still pretty confident, even in my insecurity, even through high school, where I knew I wasn't necessarily the cool kid. Um, and I lost some really good friends along the way. But for whatever reason, it's just, it switched, and life has been really, really funny, especially through my 20s. Um, so that's a little bit of self-reflection and I'll dive into all that as we cover topics and just stories um it's gonna be a little bit more of a free-flowing podcast so if you like my voice and <laughs> just want to hang in with me we can see where this can go um all right what is the second definition of insecure of a thing not firm or set unsafe of a job or position from which removal or expulsion is always possible, not firmly fixed, liable to give way or break, able to be broken into or illicitly accessed. Which I think will be some of more of the like hard hitting topics. Um, I'm, in, I'm in some communities right now and a lot of people have just been saying how unsafe they've been feeling and that is an insecurity. Unsafe is another way of saying, I don't feel secure. This could crumble beneath me at any point in time. It's a little bit um, precarious. <laughs> it's sort of the situation I'm in right now. Luckily, I have some amazing people in my life that help bolster um, me emotionally and spiritually um 
and also financially. Um, God bless living in Canada and having employment insurance and being able to take some time to, yes, look for that job and make it happen, but know that my government has set up some plans so that it's not completely stressful the whole way. Um, as well as some just awesome family support on that front. What I found really interesting when I looked this up, and I'm not super into looking up where words come from, just because it's a bit over my head, quite frankly, um, but this is a medieval Latin origin, and it's from the mid-17th century, um, and insecure us means unsafe, um, whereas secure us means free from care and I think that is rad that is where I want to get back to and that's sort of been my goal the last month specifically um, there were some really hard months there and I don't know I'm not gonna say a switch went off but it was kind of a switch it was having enough people in my life tell me you deserve this you deserve better, you're amazing, and beautiful, and wonderful, and yes, that is all external validation. And I'm here to say that if you are at a low point, and you have that support system, or you find that external validation that keeps you from sinking, it bolsters you, it's your flotation device, fucking grab onto it. Pull it in close, send out some love and gratitude, and then start to internalize what they're saying, because it's true. If you are listening to this, you fucking rock. You're a badass. I believe in you. I love you. And that's all there is to it. Um, back to insecure etnology, is that what it's called? Feel free to correct me on anything, too. Um, like I said, <laughs> I'm not an expert on anything, but the use of Insecure Over Time has really grown. It looks like it started to peak in the 1950s, but it has been like this slow, gradual lift, which I think is telling for the time we live in. Um, it's just a wild, wild journey we're on, and the end point is death. <laughs> So if you're good with, you know, getting to that end point and not having regrets, then like, hang in with me. Let's, let's explore and chat and I'll share my experiences and if you feel comfortable sharing, you can share with me. Um, let me just make sure I tell you the right email address if you want to email in. Uh, it's insecurelifepod at gmail.com um, and it'll be rad. You can be anonymous, you can share your name if you want to send emails or voice clips or whatever. Um, podcast production is not my forte, but I'm going to learn it and it might be a little bit of a ride, um, but we're going to get there because I'm going to read some of the three most common causes of insecurity. 
Ba, ba, ba. So I literally just Googled. <laughs> um, Bustle had a good list, but this one's from Psychology Today. And I kind of liked it because it was all inclusive in a lot of ways. So I'm not a huge fan of generalizations or stereotypes, but sometimes there's value in them and sometimes there's truth in them. Not always. And that can come from bias, as everything we do in life does. It comes from bias. Alright, so they break it down as, there's three of them, and I'll state them, and then we'll go through them. And that my going through them is literally just going to be me talking about them based on my experience. So, <laughs> um, the first one is insecurity that comes from failure or rejection. The second one is a lack of confidence. And this is based on social anxiety, but I don't necessarily think it needs to be based on social anxiety. Um, we'll dig into that. And then, <laughs> insecurity driven by perfectionism, which is the one I'm going to tackle by getting this out to re-celebrate my 30th birthday, um, possibly without music, possibly with some really terrible editing. Um, and I might not even edit at all. You might just get my free for all, free form stream of consciousness, talking into a microphone, sitting in my apartment, wondering where my cat is. I think she's actually probably sleeping in one of the drawers underneath my bed. <laughs> That's open because I'm a little bit messy, but back to these three common causes of anxiety. So the first one about failure and rejection, I think is likely the most prominent one in our society. And it does tie a lot to perfectionism. So the third one, this has been huge for me. Um, like I said, I was a very confident little girl. Um, for the most part, I mean, you stumble and you fall and you do things, but I gave very little fucks. Um, and I was bossy as hell. Um, and I would never call a child this, but I can call myself as a child this. I was kind of a bitch um, because I knew what I wanted and I went after it. And that societal knowing that as a, um, a woman or a girl, um, and B, that failure wasn't a good thing. Um, it wasn't ingrained in me yet. It's like, I say this in my yoga classes a lot, um, when we're doing spine strengthening, <laughs> but like you would never you would never crawl if you didn't start to strengthen your spine right you have to do those little lifts to stumble um before you're gonna like 
really create those create those arches <laughs> and those strong backs to get to standing um there's a process in everything and we know this as children and i didn't i didn't question that um i knew if i wanted something i could get it and i made it happen and so there's this weird societal thing that gets pushed upon you that failure or rejection is inherently bad and it's not quite simply um, I mean I could pull up examples of so many people who have failed every self-help book you've read about this or even article or even you you've said to your friends you had a bad experience and they point out someone who went through the same thing um, they're there and those are great but sometimes you don't want to hear them and I get that um, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that negative emotions are bad um, I don't believe they are they're there for a reason we evolved to feel certain things. We didn't have fear. Likelihood we would have died out a really long time ago. Um, so that's okay. Failure, rejection are there. And they're scary. But they're not going to go away. And it's just a matter of reframing how we think it think think of things, think of things. <laughs> I purposely fucked that up, I promise. Um, so that's that. The lack of confidence because of social anxiety, I think is, I don't know. Lack of confidence for sure, but I think this can stem from a whole bunch of things. And it all ties back to taking those social cues as we grow up and um, internalizing things that we don't necessarily need to internalize. So fun fact, I am definitely in a bigger body than I would necessarily like and it's a bigger body than I've had in the past um, and how I operate in the world is different because of that and gaining weight gave me a lot of anxiety because of what we're told in society media marketing um, sitting on a bus and not having someone want to sit next to you but squeezing themselves between two other thin people those types of things that builds anxiety and that's all tied back to failure and rejection we're being rejected by society and not cool in my books everyone has value everyone has value and it doesn't matter what your body looks like it doesn't matter what your abilities are there is inherently value in you and in me um, and I'm anxious as fuck, 
but it's finding those coping mechanisms that work for you so that maybe you're still insecure but you can find those little moments that you just power through and even if that power through is taking two deep breaths going into a family situation that may suck a lot for whatever reason and getting through the half hour you need to make your appearance and leaving little victories count and then you give yourself props and the next time maybe you are able to stay for 45 minutes alright let's see perfectionism honestly these all just tie together <laughs> um, I grew up in a family of six so my parents are still together which I think might be um, really odd for my generation um, but cool nonetheless I suppose um, is what it is but I'm the youngest of four there's eight years between me and my oldest sister um, and being the youngest of four isn't all it cracked up to be there's three girls and one boy so in my mind it's sort of always been three girls and one boy um, who gets treated as an only child because he is the only male it's funny how we create these stories in our mind just to you know fit what we know um, in a lot of ways I guess I am the typical youngest but I think what people forget about being the youngest and especially the youngest of four where your siblings were just naturally good at basically everything in my mind I don't know their struggles um, maybe now that we're older I will um, but yeah they worked really fucking hard but they also had some natural ability and that was a lot to live up to so I wanted to make them proud as much as I wanted to make my parents proud um, so there was a perfectionist streak put into me and I read something recently about how oh kitty uh, childhood anxiety actually shows up as perfectionism and it really hit home um, I didn't like to stir the pot I wanted to follow the rules and make people happy and just be really helpful and those aren't inherently bad things but if you don't learn this flip side of that if you don't learn to say no or ask for help when you actually need help it can be really debilitating when you get to the real world or as you grow up um, I want to say I was very very blessed hashtag blessed um, <laughs> with having a lot of different people in my life um, 
I was a very grown-up or mature child uh, for a lot of reasons and some ways I think I missed out on being a child longer um, because I didn't want to be a nuisance to anyone. But yeah, so I, um, I, it was expected and, and maybe not from my parents, um, but more so from me. It was, is, is it, it was expected that I got good grades and I excelled in what I did. Um, and when I didn't, it was really hard. So when I didn't, I just gave up. Um, I dabbled in a lot of things. It's like I've done two years of soccer, I did two years of synchronized swimming, I did two years of sewing. Um, if anything has lasted me more than two years in my life, it's one of those things that it's a big achievement for me. which is why yoga is very precious to me because it's not it's not a yoga perfect it's a yoga practice it's really lame when you say it like that but it's true um, and that's not to say I didn't fall out of love with yoga for a while I still had love for it um, and that's that's okay it's okay to fall in and out of love with things and it's okay to recognize that there doesn't have to be a perfect so <laughs> I think that honestly these three things from psychology today um, the articles literally called the three most common causes of insecurity and how to beat them. We're not going to go through how to beat them right now. Um, this is just an intro. Maybe we'll dive into some of it later, but that will all be addressed. And those obviously are very personal insecurities, where they come from for an individual. I think they can also come into play within a community or a collective or business, uh, whether that's a not-for-profit or um, a for-profit organization. It can be in the yoga community as a universal thing. Man, it is literally just in our world, this sort of inherent insecurity, this <sighs> what do they think of me? Am I being judged? The constant running dialogue of, am I good enough? Should I be here? I don't fit in. Um, it's become part of our beings. And I think a little bit of me diving into this creation is that I am trying to change how I think. And if you've known me for more than 60 seconds um, or half an hour, you know that I've resisted manifestation and 
thought that with a thought you can change the world. Um, the last couple years especially. I didn't always, but I didn't know how to verbalize that at the time. Um, so this is, yes, an exploration of me getting back to me and finding that precocious curly-haired one day, straight-haired the next little girl that was able to ask for what she wanted, be assertive, be bossy, be demanding, and yet finding that side of me that also is really compassionate. Um, I took a yoga class, it was, it was a private class, four years ago? Yeah, it was that long ago. In um, Puerto Vallarta, I went down to spend a week with a friend, and I got there a couple days before she did, so I booked myself a private yoga class. I had never done it before. <laughs> I was already a teacher at this point in time, um, and it was really fucking hard. Practicing alone is not something I'm very good at, but having someone there teaching me and guiding me and observing was really enlightening and it was at sunset so just magical all around and something that that instructor said to me I believe it was in a forward fold but it could have not been um, was this shock and awe that I was so strong, but also really flexible. And I had already been gaining weight at this point. So that really struck me for my physical body. Um, but more so than that, I've obviously carried it for four years and have tried to integrate that into who I am as part of my, my <laughs> woo, 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 rambles, um, as part of my identity. So that's going to be part of this journey. Um, if you want to like ride out that with me, cool, but it won't be completely self-indulgent, I promise. Um, I hope to eventually have guests so they'll talk about their insecurities about maybe their job search or the position they're in or potentially being a new parent. Um, I mean, everyone has them. Every single person in this world has insecurities and they show up in different ways. Um, if you're a narcissist, which I have tendencies to be so, on those good days um it's because you're insecure so you just hold on really fucking tight it's, it's not always about balance but it's about finding free-flowing energy and peace and just being able to enjoy without letting those insecurities take over 
they're always going to be there but we're going to ride this wave bring some light into the shadows and talk about them talk about them at a personal level at a collective level and maybe figure out how together we can start to eradicate them from society um i don't really have a sign off um i don't think you create those things <laughs> maybe eventually it'll come but for now i'm just going to say thank you for listening and if you made it this far i really really appreciate it uh what i'm starting to realize and honestly this could ebb and flow as these episodes come out and i give myself permission for that to be the case but love is limitless there can always be more love in the world and I've really been trying to lead with love the last, you know, six weeks particularly. I used to do it a lot easier. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to step back and reevaluate and switch things up or try something new. Um, and if it doesn't work, it's not a failure, it's just not working. Um, so yeah, I hope that you're able to lead with love at whatever point in your, your journey you're at, whatever point in your day you're at, and uh, thanks for listening. We will chat again soon. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> It is me, Kathleen Beveridge, for This Insecure Life.